Hey, it's Rebecca, and today I want you to meet my new friend, Julie Rose. Julie is a solo female traveler, entrepreneur, author. She's a coach. She's all about helping women live their best lives, even though that might not mean the status quo. I'm excited to share this conversation that I had with Julie. And I also want you to know that she's going to be speaking at our upcoming virtual conference, the Hike Like a Woman Summit in May of 2024. If you want to learn more about our virtual conference, head on over to our website, hikelikeawoman.com. There you can find information about all of our speakers, our schedule, uh, registration information, all the things. So learn more about these amazing women that are speaking at our summit by heading to our website, hikelikeawoman.com. Thanks so much and enjoy my conversation with Julie. So Julie, you are um, awesome and inspiring and um, you uh, are not afraid of being a quitter. And I was oh, reading yeah. on your blog and you, 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 you told a story about how your mom bought you ice skates and you tried it and you were like, meh, that might not be my thing. And so talk to me about why you think it's okay to be a quitter sometimes. Well, I feel like we have been conditioned just that we that quitting is a sign of failure, that we're supposed to stick it out, that if we don't, then we lack ambition and determination and drive. And if you quit, well, you're a loser. And in my opinion, quitting is really a sign of redirection. I think it frees you up for what might be a better use of your time, what might be more productive or more fulfilling or just a better fit. I think the same goes for relationships that maybe quitting a relationship um, or quitting someone that is maybe doesn't have your best interests at heart or um, just doesn't work, you know, a relationship that just isn't working for you anymore. I think that's another conditioning that we're, we're told, well, don't give up, you know, give it your all, even in these relationships that are crashing and burning that we feel suckered into staying into. There's so many examples in our lives of how we stick to things just because we don't want to look like a quitter. We don't want to back out. And I think, you know, life is all about change and evolution. And that means having the strength to say, okay, this isn't working for me and I'm not going to do this anymore. And that's completely fair. And I think we all need to be a little more empowered to be able to say that. Quitters never win. That's the stupidest (laughs) quote in the whole world because winners quit. Yeah. Because you know when you know when it's time to leave that behind. Yeah, yeah. I just um, sold a business and left a career behind, and in some ways, it felt like I was quitting because it was like, um, oh, if I would just stick with this, I could be so successful. But in in many ways, it's been just very liberating to be like, okay, that's not me anymore. Um, I've moved on. And you recently, or maybe not so recently, I don't really know, but you left behind the corporate world to be somewhat of a, a a nomad here. Can you tell me about that experience of leaving your career behind? And um, first of all, that took a lot of courage, but, but what have you learned in, in, in the process? Yeah. I mean, I, I was kind of the quintessential corporate. Um, I had been working ever since I graduated college, actually ever since I was 15 without really so much of a, of a break. And 
you know, we're told, yeah, work your whole life, pretty much um, retire and then die. You know, you maybe get a little, a couple years in between. But I, I just decided sort of that I didn't, you know, that didn't work for me. My job wasn't um, particularly stressful. I was good at it. I was fully remote. I made six figures. But at the same time, I knew that the bulk of my creativity, my attention, my mental acuity was going to somebody else, mm. to something else, to my employer, yeah. the best of me every day. All everything up in here, but also just my time was going to my employer every day. And I I didn't want to do that anymore. And I know that it's it's kind of easy to say, I quit my job to travel, or I quit my job to be a nomad, or I quit my job to whatever. But really, I quit my job so that I could do the things that I wanted to do. So I could spend my time for me. That I could have the capacity and the energy and the opportunity to do the things that bring me joy and fulfillment and um, you know make me laugh and make me learn and make me smile from ear to ear those were the things that I wanted to do yes travel is part of it but it is also learning and it is also um culture you know le- being culturally immersed as I move around the world and it's challenging myself and it's doing the hobbies and doing the exercise and the things that I love to do when I was a kid that I don't have that I haven't had time for as an adult. And I, I say I want to say that I didn't quit my job to travel because I want other people to know there are other reasons to quit your job. You know, you can quit your job because you have another dream, you have another goal. You want to learn something new, or maybe you just want to recover from burnout. There's a million reasons, and it doesn't just have to be travel. I'm just happy to provide an example to others that your life and your career doesn't have to be linear, and that we do really have so much more choice and so much control over our own path than I think we give ourselves credit for. And I know that, you know, that cultural programming is really strong and the status quo is telling us, you know, what they think we should do and win, especially as women. But um, there are so many more options out there for us, especially if we just kind of get a little creative and, and think outside the box. And and also, you know, we get so caught up in thinking, you know, we are our our role or a job title or the work we do for our family or our bank account or our cars and our closets and everything we own that we forget to really be ourselves and find ourselves and push ourselves. So I just want to kind of raise the flag that for me, life is not about making a living. It's about making a life. Mm. And that's something that I really hold dear. Hashtag make a life. <laughs> Don't be life. Make a life. It takes a lot of courage, though. I think it it takes an incredible amount of courage to stand up and say, I'm not happy with the direction that my life is is going. I need to make a change. How did you find that courage? Uh well. For me, it was almost a matter of not not necessarily knowing what I needed to do, but more of knowing what I couldn't do anymore. Mm, okay. And I was waking up 
and living the same day over and over again and calling that a life. And it just wasn't working for me. I mean, I would go to my home office and uh, then I would go to the gym and then I would come home and, and make dinner and drink wine and watch Netflix. And I just decided, you know, I, I could I could be doing something else that really just makes me feel alive. Mm-hmm. So I it wasn't necessarily finding the courage to do so. It was just accepting the fact that I couldn't keep doing what I was doing. What transformation has this brought about in your life? Like paint a before and an after or a during because the after is not here. You're in the process. <laughs> yeah. I mean, definitely um, the evolution is ongoing, but yeah. I think the greatest catalyst for me that really kind of brought me to the point that I am where all the realizations I had was a layoff that I experienced in 2017. And back then I felt like I had a dream job. I really enjoyed what I did. It was a very prominent position. It was super high stress. Mm-hmm. But um, I had I, I let the job sort of encompass me and become ingrained in me, and I define myself from my by my job mm-hmm. because it just so I wholly let it just envelop me. And then when I was laid off, along with hundreds of other people in this mass layoff, I really didn't know what to do with myself. I, I didn't. I didn't know who I was, what I liked to do. I didn't know how to fill my time. I was completely lost. And slowly but surely, I started to find my hobbies again. And I went hiking and I um, went on these like car camping trips and I joined a choir and I really just started to feel alive again. And then I I planned a month-long backpacking trip to Europe. Uh-huh living out of a backpack. And I think it was that experience kind of seeing that I could survive, not only survive, but thrive doing my own laundry, everything I owned on on the back, you know, on my back. And just seeing that a lot of other people in the world live more simply and more happily, that it made me kind of look at some of my past decisions of all the money that I spent filling up my house and my cupboards and my closets over all those years. And I thought, oh, there's a, there could have been other ways to spend that money, um, other ways that make me feel like how I feel now. And I kind of vowed to myself, I'm going to make that happen. I'm going to, I'm going to ensure that I have the ability to do this in the future. Ran out of money then, but I, at the time I decided I'm going to plan ahead and I'm going to prepare for a freer life, one that I'm not so dependent on my next paycheck. And it didn't happen overnight. Uh, it took four and a half years. But after that, I made a lot of changes and a lot of decisions, and they had real effect on my finances. So I was finally able to quit on my own terms. And and that was almost two years ago. So I've I've been out here carving my own path ever since. Wow. Wow, you're so inspiring. You make me want to sell my house. And, uh, <laughs> and just, right? I remember in in college and and even beyond when everything I owned could fit in my Subaru station wagon. And I lived in my station wagon sometimes. And um, it was really nice to just have such a simple, a simple life. And I think that's what I'm craving right now. So that's why I'm excited that you're going to be speaking at our summit. 
and in May, and I'm really excited because you're going to be giving a talk. And I just want you to give like a quick little snippet, like a little sneak peek about what you're going to be presenting on. Yes. So it's still a working title, but yeah. I'm, I'm thinking it's going to be something surrounding nomadic and fearless, what I've learned from leaving my home country, rejecting the status quo, and traveling full-time around the world. And I really am just going to be diving deeper into some of the experiences that completely changed my thinking, led me on the path that I'm on, talk about some of my core beliefs, like the abundance mindset that Mm -hmm. I um, always try to uh, embody and encompass. I think... um, rejecting fear, how I battle my own limiting beliefs, and some of the just core mantras that really keep me grounded uh, in the decisions that I've made. And I think one of the reasons why I like to talk about these things is not because, not because I like to talk or I like to write, but because I have something that other people need to hear. And those other people are like me 10 years ago. Had I mean, I'm so grateful to the journey that I've been on, but I'm talking to myself 10 years ago and 15 years ago and 20 years ago. And I'm saying the things that I wish somebody had told me and being the example that I wish that I had. So um, I'm just really excited for people to hear, hear the content and hear what everybody thinks. Yeah, I there's a podcast that I love to listen to and um the host of the podcast and it has nothing to do with writing but the po- the host of the podcast was saying if you don't share your story you are doing a huge disservice to the people that look up to you and that admire you. And so I feel like you're going to be doing a great service uh by presenting at the summit. And I'm excited to hear what you have to say. And I'm excited to learn from you. And, um, you know, maybe I'm not ready to go full time. Uh, but maybe part time. <laughs> so it's a process, baby steps. Right, right. Yeah, exactly. Um, you talked about inspiring other people who who inspires you or who do you look, look up to as a mentor or someone in the space that Uh, you think is really cool, worth following? I think all the rule breakers, um, the women that are really kind of out there defying expectations that are, Mm -hmm. that are really not doing what they're told. Mm -hmm. I really admire those women. And, um, those are a lot of the, the types of books I'm reading memoirs and, autobiographies about some of these like really powerful and inspiring women. And I mean, I have a lot of, I have a lot of books on my reader list. I think I'll, I'll share, share with you guys maybe at the end of my talk, but um, yeah, that's, that's what really makes me those stories. Like you just said, those stories are the ones that make me feel like, okay, I could do this too. I can do mm-hmm. this too. You know? Yeah. Yeah. And we all can. And we all can. And what would you what would you say to the woman who who might be feeling a little bit unsure of herself and who might be thinking, you know, and not just as it relates to 
like a big career shift, but maybe someone is just thinking, you know, I would love to, you know, learn a new skill, learn a new hobby, go back to school, start a new job, travel more, save money. Um, but, but she's feeling like she, she just doesn't know how to start or where to start, or she's feeling a little bit, um, insecure about that. What, what advice would you give to that woman? Well, this is kind of my advice for everything is break it up into bite-sized increments. Yes, think about your overall goal or the overall things you want to achieve, mm-hmm. but you, you're not going to go from zero to 60 in you know a second. You, yeah. you, it's really kind of about setting these little milestones and giving yourself the grace to just, okay, I'm, you know, I'm just going to save that 50 bucks or I'm just going to walk that quarter mile, or I'm just going to do these little, I'm just going to go on a weekend trip. I'm just going to go out to dinner by myself, you know, things like that. I think we blow, we have the tendency to just blow things up in our mind of like, that is unachievable because that's up here. And I can't even imagine the in-between, but when you break it up into just one step at a time, one little bite at a time, one little um, drop in the bucket, Mm-hmm. anything's attainable. Anything's attainable. And not only that, but we can do anything if only for a short while. One of the one of the things that I hear is just like, I could never, for example, ride the bus for a month. It's a month. It's only a month. Yeah. You know, you can, you could do a lot of things for a month, you know, like that's not that long. Same thing with people who say, oh, I, I, you know, I could never run a mile or I could never run two miles. Like, yeah, you could, you know, like just go slow one foot in front of the other, whatever it is. It is all, it really is much more attainable than you thought, because when you, you think about really the time that it takes in the grand scheme of things, you know, people think I could never save $10,000. Well, okay. Don't save $10,000, save $1,000 10 times. (laughs) right it's just a whole other way of being so i would just tell anybody start small uh make your goals attainable and then each time you reach that milestone you're going to feel much more capable of the next and it's going to get easier and it's going to go quicker and you know muscles aren't built in a day so it you work up to it yes and I like to just try to do it all at once, right? I have that big goal. Damn it. I'm going to, I'm going to do it. I'm just going to crush that big goal. And then I just set myself up for failure because I don't, I don't make those little tiny, those little tiny um, steps of progression. So I am excited to hear what you have to say. And I agree 100% just baby steps. You gotta, you gotta crawl before you walk and walk before you run. Um, There's a natural order and progression to everything. In life, yeah. nature, all the things. And and that being said, still you're going to get to a point that you'll probably feel like I'm not ready. Mm-hmm. And or I'm not, you know, it's not possible. And at that point, you kind of just have to trust your intuition and understand you're never going to feel 100%. And, you know, at that point, you've done what you could. So just dive in. And there are, f- I mean, there are really few things in life that are irreversible that are few things in life are permanent. I sold my house, you know, hold the presses. 
I could buy another house at some point. You know, I can find another place to live. Like all of the things that we build up in our mind as being these crazy life-changing events. There's usually a way back. If you give it a try and it doesn't work for you, there's a way back or there's a way out. And a lot of times the the cost of inaction is worse, is greater. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, often I ask myself when I'm about to do something scary, like, what's the worst thing that could happen? Am I going to die? Is this going to kill me? Is this gonna kill me? Like, what's the worst thing that could happen? And usually it's not that traumatic. It's me blowing up in my mind. Yeah, you're right. you're right. Like, just just take that leap of faith. Sell your house, sell your car, find a new job, mm-hmm. whatever whatever, whatever you need to do to make yourself happy. There is a Mark Twain quote that I love. And he says, I, I'm an old man and I've known many troubles, but most of them never happened. (laughs) I I probably fudged a little bit on one of those one or two words, but the point is he worries. He builds up things in his mind. He's got all these horror stories. Yeah. But they're all in his imagination. (laughs) How about that? <laughs> no way. Yes, <laughs> the human curse. So the more you just sort of like, th- let me throw caution to the wind just a little bit. Trust myself because most of the time things work out and we figure out, figure it all out along the way. And here I am two years in and, uh, you know, from not having a real job and I'm still chugging along. So <laughs> <laughs> You're thriving. You're not just chugging along. You're you're kind of kicking ass. So speaking of kicking ass, Julie, where can we where can we learn more about what you do and who you are? I would say the best place to look is my blog. It is juliedevivre.com. And that is kind of the French spelling or play on words from the joie de the joie de vivre. So it's J-U-L-I-E-D-E-V-I-V-R-E dot com. And on there, you can find all about my story. You can um, download my ebook where I talked about where I talk about how I took a sabbatical, sabbatical, and all the steps I took to getting there, kind of financial and emotional. You can learn about my group trips where I bring some people along for the ride who are perhaps dipping their toe into solo travel. And there's just a whole lot of other information on there, and also how you can connect with me because I want to know how how you guys are doing in your own personal journey. You can feel out, feel free to reach out to me at any time. Ah, thanks so much, Julie. I'm excited for your presentation and thanks for giving up your time to talk to me and to share your story and it's going to be great. So I appreciate it. Well, I'm, I'm excited and thank you for the opportunity. After my call with Julie, I uh, I went over to my husband's office and I was like, here's the deal. We both work remotely. We both are our own bosses. Let's just hit the open road. Let's just do it. Let's just, let's just, let's just leave. That's not really in the future for me right now at this stage in life, but maybe someday, right? Maybe someday. So anyway, I hope you enjoyed my conversation with Julie. If you want to learn more about her, if you want to learn more about the summit, if you want to learn more about all the amazing women who are speaking at our summit, head on over to our website, hikelikewoman.com for all those details.